your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 579 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just wanted to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you are hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And today, wanted to dive into something that's become a little bit of a hot-button topic among uh, the Rangers themselves and also uh, New York Ranger fans. And that is the very simple question of whether Vitaly Krasov can and will return to the Rangers at some point down the stretch here, the last handful of games of the regular season, and or the Stanley Cup playoffs. Going to be talking quite a bit about that. I mentioned it very briefly at the end of our last episode, but certainly uh, it's a very interesting topic and something that I want to spend a little bit more time on today. So we're definitely going to do that. We're also going to talk a little bit about what we would like to see from the Rangers down the stretch here. Again, there's only seven regular season games remaining, and that's, first of all, very difficult to believe. But second of all, there's just a little checklist that I came up with, not really like a ranking or a top 10 list or anything like that, but just a little checklist of things that I would like to see from the Rangers down the stretch uh, as they head toward the postseason. So we will get into all that. But like I said, I think we got to start with Vitaly Kravtsov, obviously a very polarizing topic as far as you know whether the Rangers can and should bring him back into the fold this season. I just want to say right off the bat here that uh, I am against the idea of bringing Vitaly Kravtsov back uh, for the stretch run here. And, and to just back up for a second, for anybody that might have missed this, uh, Vitaly Kravtsov has been playing in the KHL. And the way it works is, you know, he returned there. He's on loan to Tractor of the KHL. The Rangers were committed to letting him finish his season uh, with Tractor of the Continental Hockey League before even considering, you know, potentially bringing him back into the fold uh, with the New York Rangers. And Tractor's season, as of this past Monday, now over. They lose uh, four games to one in the Eastern Conference Finals. And to just kind of dive into uh, Kravtsov's numbers in the KHL this season, he ends up playing 19 regular season games with Tractor. He scores six goals and dishes out seven assists, so 13 points in the 19 games. He was also a plus four. Then he plays in 15 playoff games, scores seven goals, and has three assists, so 10 points in the 15 playoff games, and was a minus three in that time. So a solid season for Kravtsov in the KHL. There's quite a few different reasons why I, I'm i not really feeling the idea of bringing him back into the fold with the New York Rangers. And the first one is basically just how he's acted with the Rangers ever since they made him the number nine overall pick in the draft a couple of seasons ago. Uh, immaturity is definitely an issue with Vitaly Kravtsov, and we saw that at the start of this season. Uh, the Rangers informed Kravtsov after the preseason concluded that he had not made the team and that he would be heading down uh, to the AHL with the Hartford Wolfpack. Now, this is something we've talked about, and it's something that, you know, we talked about with Vince Mercogliano. He does a great job, you know, covering the Rangers for Lohud.com and a variety of other publications as well. He's been on the podcast a couple of times. We talked about this topic, uh, you know, when he was on the show uh, a month or two ago, whenever it was, but certainly there was blame to go around to both sides there, because if you're the Rangers, you've got to understand that, you know, this kid has not always been the most mature player, and... 
if you're just going to call him down to the Hartford Wolfpack for, you know, one or two or three games and then call him right back up anyway, then why bother doing it in the first place? Just put him on the opening night roster. And I realize, you know, you can't let an entitled player make decisions for you. But again, if he was just going to come right back up anyway, which he would have, by the way, because the injury bug bit the Rangers fairly early in this season, and he would have slotted right back into that Ranger lineup, uh, you know, fairly early. Just maybe one or two or three games into the season, he would have been called right back up. So I think it was a mistake on the Rangers' part. I also know for a fact that Vitaly Krasov did not handle this well because he throws a fit. Goes back to Russia, plays in the KHL, uh, denies the Rangers, you know, request to get him to come back here. I know uh, Gerard Gallant talked to him personally on the phone, trying to get him to come back. Krausoff wasn't feeling it. And so that leaves a sour taste in my mouth, probably in the mouths of a lot of Ranger fans and potentially even the New York Ranger players. Now, the Rangers, you can tell just by watching this team throughout the season, as most of you have, that this is a very tight-knit bunch. You know, there's a lot of good chemistry. These guys seem to genuinely care about each other. They seem to genuinely be good friends and uh, have each other's backs on the ice, all that good stuff, and that's very, very important. You know, that can get lost sometimes in the uh, kind of modern era, the analytical era, but team chemistry is very, very important. When you're playing your tail off for the guy next to you, that definitely does make a difference, and that's what you get with the New York Rangers. Um, and when you look at this team this year, you know, there have been so many players on this Ranger team that have had to deal with adversity in one way or another, and they've all handled it uh, just infinitely better than Vitaly Krasov has, or did, rather. Uh, you know, Vitaly Krasov gets sent down to the Hartford Wolfpack, he throws a fit. And you look at, you know, some of the other players on this roster, I'm going to come up with a couple of examples here, and I'd like to start with Braden Schneider, because Schneider, you know, he gets called up about midway through the season, give or take a couple of games either way, plays pretty well, you know, gets off to a great start, uh, has become a fixture of the Ranger blue line, he does have a hiccup every now and then, you know, he'll have his moments where he'll remind you that he is indeed a 20-year-old rookie, and he's still getting his feet wet in the NHL, but for the most part, has done everything the Rangers have asked of him, has played very well, seems to fit in great in that clubhouse, seems to be very well liked by his teammates, and what happens at the trade deadline? Well, the Rangers go out, and they trade for Justin Braun, who, you know, at the time, I wasn't really feeling the move, and you guys, a couple of you kind of talked me into it a little bit, uh, mentioning that you, know, you need a little bit of depth on your blue line. You can't rely on the same six defensemen to play every single game in the Stanley Cup playoffs if you have a deep run. And on top of that, you know, Braun's played pretty well. But Braden Schneider... You know, that was unfortunate for him because he was locked into uh, a spot in the lineup every single night prior to that trade for Braun with just a couple of hours left in the trade deadline. But what does Braden Schneider do after that trade is made? Did he throw a fit? No. Did he, you know, request a trade? Or Well, I mean, the trade deadline had passed. Bad example. But you get the idea. He, he took it all in stride. He handled his business like an adult. And, you know, there was a report uh, from one of the Ranger beat writers on Twitter that Schneider, you know, at practice the following day, one of the assistant coaches was talking to him, and Schneider, you know, was nodding and, you know, even smiling a little bit and remained upbeat and, uh, you know, obviously took the message to keep his head up in stride. And what happens? Yeah, Braden Schneider was a healthy stretch in the first game uh, after Justin Braun came out, came over in the, in the deal with Philly. But right after that, he's right back into the lineup and has been on the ice Far more often than he's been a healthy scratch since the Justin Braun trade. He took it all in stride. He said, you know what? This is a challenge. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to make myself better. And I'm going to continue to buy in and, and do whatever this team asks of me. Vitaly Krasov just isn't wired that way. You know, he, he's selfish. I mean, I think it's fair to say that at this point. And it's just a complete polar opposite. Two very, very young players, how they handled, you know, 
the idea that they were going to be seeing less playing time with the New York Rangers. And look at Justin Braun. That's another great example. I just mentioned him a second ago, but this is a 35-year-old defenseman. This guy is not used to being a healthy scratch. He comes over, plays one game against the Devils. It was a disastrous night for the Rangers. He's a healthy scratch in the next game. He ends up being a healthy scratch for, I think it was like four games in a row. Good chunk of games there. Does he throw a fit? Does he, you know, raise hell and cause all kinds of problems in the locker room? No, he took it all in stride. And once again, now Justin Braun back into the lineup, handled his business like an adult. There's guys who, you know, have been in and out of this lineup basically all season. You look at guys like, uh, you know, Ryan Reeves. Ryan Reeves is a great example as well. He was a healthy scratch after taking that bad penalty against the Devils, but he's been a healthy scratch a couple of times since then. He was asked about it. He pretty much said everything you'd like to hear a professional athlete say that, you know what, it's not about me. Of course, I'd love to be playing, uh, but it's about the team, and I got to play the role that they give me. I mean, I'm obviously paraphrasing there. I don't have his exact quote in front of me, but that's pretty much the long and short of what Ryan Reeves said. Guys like Greg McKegg and Johnny Brodzinski, these guys have been in and out of the lineup all season. Uh, Dryden Hunt, you know, he's carved out a role for himself, but even he was a healthy scratch not too long ago. Everybody else seems to, you know, not be complacent being a healthy scratch, but certainly is willing to, you know, do what they have to do for the betterment of the team. And that just isn't on display with Vitaly Krausov. Every single player on this roster, from the superstars like Chris Kreider and Artemi Panarin, down to the guys that are in and out of the lineup, you know, like Greg McKaig and Johnny Brodzinski, all these guys have bought in. All these guys have played their tails off. And, you know, we're very deep into the season. Like I said, there's only seven games remaining. Every single player on this roster leaves it on the ice pretty much every single night. There's nobody out there dogging it. And, you know, listen, every team is going to have a stinker or two during uh, the regular season. There's 82 games. How could you not? But for the most part, this Ranger team goes out there, they compete their tails off, and they buy into what their coach is selling, and they buy into the message that the team is far more important than the individual. Vitaly Krasov does not do this. And so for that reason, and we're going to get into a couple of other reasons as well, but that reason alone, I'm not feeling bringing Vitaly Krasov. It goes against everything the Rangers have stood for this season. It goes against every message that Gerard Gallant and his coaching staff have preached to this group of players. I just don't see a way that you bring him back in there and put him back into the lineup. You know, imagine you bring Vitaly Krasov back and... He's in there for, you know, I mean, I'm trying to think who would come out of the lineup. I mean, imagine Philip Heedle gets taken out of the lineup. Philip Heedle's been playing better lately and seems to be very well liked by his teammates. He's worked hard to get better. He's played, uh, like I said, a little bit better in the second half of the season than the first. I mean, I just don't see how he fits back into this lineup. I don't see where there's room for him. And we're going to talk about that concept in just a second, as well as uh, the Ranger checklist, some things that I want to see them do between now and the time that the playoffs start. But first, just want to let everybody know, today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by Bilt Bar. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right, thanks to Bilt Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Bilt Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, puffs included, 100% real chocolate. Low calorie, high protein, replace your candy bars with these, they are better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. At Built Bar, they are all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then they figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how they do it, but they pull it off 
every single time. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, just wanted to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. All right, so I just went through all of the, you know, human reasons why I don't think it's a good idea for Vitaly Krasov to be activated by the Rangers and for him to be back in the lineup in favor of somebody who's been there all season, buying into the message and working his tail off. I just don't think that's the right message to send. Um, but I also want to say, I, I want to get into some of the practical reasons here why I don't think it's a good idea for Krasov uh, to be back in this lineup as well. But as far as, you know, the, the more human side of this, the human reasons why I don't think Kravtsov should be in the lineup, you know, it, it seems like on Ranger Twitter, when you go on there, that everybody's either on one extreme or the other. Everybody either thinks that this will not be a problem at all, everybody will be completely cool with it in the Ranger locker room with, when Vitaly Kravtsov steps back in there and steps back onto the ice, or the polar opposite of that, that this will just destroy the Ranger team chemistry, just bring them down from the inside out, and they won't win another game, and they'll get swept right out of the playoffs. Uh, like most things, when you've got two very extreme opinions on the matter, the truth probably, I would say, lies somewhere in between. I think it would probably be a little bit closer to it not affecting the Rangers in a great way. Uh, but I mentioned Vince Mercagliano earlier, and he did an article about this not too long ago. Uh, it sounds like he's talked to some people who have confirmed that there are certain Ranger players in that locker room that it did not sit well with them the way that Vitaly Krausov left this team, threw a fit, and was unavailable for the Rangers when they really could have used him when the injury bug bit and, uh, you know, he was nowhere to be found. I mean, think when Sammy Blay went down for the season. Vitaly Krausov could have stepped right in there, been right back into a top-six role. I mean, Blay was playing in a top-six role more often than not up to the point where he got injured. Uh, Kako was out for a ton of time, and they both play right wing, Blay and Kako. So... Yeah, the opportunity was right for the taking for Vitaly Krasov, and because he handled the situation so poorly, being sent down to the AHL, uh, he ends up back in Russia, and it's not an option for the Rangers. That's not going to sit well with players. I got to believe that. By that same token, yes, I think if he came back in there, the Rangers could survive that, and you hope that even if Vitaly Krasov doesn't necessarily deserve this, that somebody on the Ranger you know, leadership committee or whatever you want to call it, you know, the six alternate captains there, you'd hope that somebody would go over there Throw their arm around him and say, hey, you know what, man? We need you. Water under the bridge. We got a playoff run coming up. Let's do this. Um, and you could even argue that that might be better treatment than he deserves based on everything that happened. But that's what leaders do. You know, they they step up in a situation like that and they make somebody feel welcome and uh, put them in a position to succeed. Uh, but with all that said, again, I'm, I'm still against bringing him back. I'm just saying in a hypothetical situation, if he was to come back, you would hope that that's uh, kind of the... Uh, the treatment that he would receive as he came into the Ranger locker room. But again, I already went over the, kind of the human reasons why not to bring him back, the idea that obviously he didn't buy in and he didn't put the team first earlier this season. How about just the practical reasons why the Rangers shouldn't bring Vitaly Krausoff back? Let's take all that stuff off the table. Let's take everything that happened with the Rangers sending him to the AHL and Vitaly Krausoff throwing a fit about it and going back to Russia to play there uh, rather than playing uh, for the Hartford Wolfpack for a couple games and then ultimately coming back to the Rangers. Let's take all of that off the table, all the immaturity that he's shown uh, since the time that the Rangers drafted him, basically. And let's just look at this from a very practical standpoint here. I got the Ranger depth chart in front of me, and we saw in the last game that Alexi Lafreniere was a healthy scratch. Now, it does seem like the main reason for that 
was to make sure that he's fresh for the playoffs. Because again, the Rangers have a couple of guys on this roster that have never played an 82-game regular season, or really anywhere close to 82 games, and Alexi Lafreniere is one of them. You combine that with the fact that the Rangers just have uh, kind of a log jam at forward right now, and I think it made sense to give Lafreniere a little bit of a breather. It was also the second game of a back-to-back, so that made all the sense in the world. But why am I bringing this up? Because if Lafreniere right now, and we'll see what happens on Saturday against Detroit, but if Lafreniere is be coming a healthy scratch, and we've seen other guys, you know, Philip Hedel was a healthy scratch for a game or two earlier this season. We've seen Dryden Hunt be a healthy scratch. We've seen Ryan Reeves be a healthy scratch. Is Vitaly Kraftsoff going to come over here to the Rangers, which is seven games remaining in the regular season, and suddenly leapfrog all these guys in the pecking order? I really doubt it. I mean, to begin with, Vitaly Kraftsoff is not a fourth liner. He just, that's not his skill set. I've said the same thing about, you know, guys like Julian Gauthier. It wouldn't make any sense to have him on the fourth line. Uh, Certainly Kako and Lafreniere, if they're going to be in the lineup, you don't want them on the fourth line. You would not want Vitaly Krausov on the fourth line either. I just don't think he would do anything to help, and he doesn't uh, play a fourth line style game. The Rangers at this point, they now have bonafide fourth line style players, which uh, for a couple of seasons there, they really didn't. But they've got guys now like Kevin Rooney, uh, Tyler Mott when he's healthy, Barclay Goodrow can play on the fourth line. I mean, Goodrow can play anywhere, but he can play on the fourth line for sure. Uh, Ryan Leaves, bonafide fourth liner, and Dryden Hunt. These are all guys that, you know, you put them on the fourth line, it's like, okay, that makes sense. Tough, physical hockey, tone setters, uh, guys who just go out there and work hard, uh, guys who, you know, play strong defensive hockey in most examples that I just mentioned there. Uh, Vitaly Kravtsov just does not fit the bill. So we can rule him out as far as playing on the fourth line. So that means the only way to put Vitaly Kravtsov into this lineup is to have him in a top nine role. And we discussed the other day how it's going to be almost impossible, not impossible, but very, very difficult for either Lafreniere or Kako to crack the top six right now. They're both on the third line. And the top six right now, you got Mika centering Kreider and Vitrano on the top line, and you've got Strom centering Panarin on the left wing, Kopp on the right wing. Which of those six players are going to come out of the top six right now to make room for Vitaly Krausov? Again, the player who threw a fit and went back to Russia and now is going to join the Rangers with just seven games left in the regular season before the playoffs start. Yeah, you're not going to do that. You're not pulling any of those guys out of the top six to make room for Vitaly Krausov. And then you look at the third line, which is the only option remaining. Philip Hedl's played better recently. Capo Caco is coming off of a two-goal game. Uh, Alexi Lafreniere, you know, he's scuffled a little bit lately and was a healthy scratch, but uh, he played well when he was up there with Chris Kreider and Mika Zibanejad. And, you know, I might even uh, consider the idea of maybe giving him a little bit of run uh, with the top line between now and the end of the regular season just to kind of try to get him going again a little bit. I know that would mean moving Vitrano out of there. We'll talk about that in more detail in just a second. But you get the idea here. There's no room for Vitaly Krausov. Even if you take away all the immaturity and all, you know, the uh, refusal to accept a assignment to the Hartford Wolfpack and everything else that's happened between Vitaly Krausov and the Rangers since they drafted him, from just a practical standpoint, there is nowhere to put him. And I'm not even thinking about guys like, you know, Johnny Brodzinski, uh, you know, Julian Gauthier, guys who have been in and out of the lineup all season, but, you know, don't ever really necessarily stick. I mean, I'm not even so sure that I would go with Vitaly Krausov over Johnny Brodzinski right now. And I realize Krausov certainly has more potential. He's a lot younger. He's got a much higher ceiling than Johnny Brodzinski. But Brodzinski, you know, overall, when he's been out there, I think he's played solid hockey. I don't think he's done anything to hurt the Rangers. And on top of that, once again, Brodzinski has done everything that the Rangers have asked of him. He's the captain of the Hartford Wolfpack when he's down there. And when the Rangers call him up and give him a chance, uh, he's pretty much ready to go. So, 
yeah, I mean, you guys can let me know if you feel differently about Vitaly Kravtsov. Maybe you feel like he can come back over here, really help the Rangers really go off in the playoffs. But for all those reasons that I just mentioned, once again, you know, from the practical standpoint of there just doesn't seem to be any room for him. And on top of the fact that he was not there for the Rangers when they really needed him earlier this season because he didn't want to go to Hartford and play a couple games with the Hartford Wolfpack. Just not good. And just so different from everything else that we've seen from the Rangers. Everybody else on this New York Ranger team is wired to be a team-first guy. Vitaly Kravtsov is not. And so for all those reasons, I don't want to see Kravtsov back with the Rangers this season. Now, maybe you go into the offseason, you go into next year, uh, you can kind of just start fresh, clean slate, water under the bridge. It could actually end up being kind of a cool story if Vitaly Kravtsov was to come back to the Rangers, uh, admit that he's made some mistakes in the past. And I think the Rangers, to be fair, should probably uh, admit to Kravtsov that maybe we didn't always handle this as well as we could have. Maybe that bridge can be mended, and maybe Vitaly Kravtsov can still be a very, very good player for the Rangers. I still think the most likely outcome is that Vitaly Kravtsov gets traded in the offseason, but we'll see. I guess crazier things have happened than Vitaly Kravtsov uh, going on to you know become a good player for the New York Rangers. We'll see. Uh, again, I think that's more of a question for the offseason. But as far as Kravtsov coming back to the Rangers this season, not feeling it at all. Keep rolling with these guys that have gotten you as far as they've gotten you and uh, reward them for being there all season and playing their tails off and go with that team in the playoffs. Go with the guys that got you to this point, not the guy that's going to come over and, oh, hey, we're in the playoffs and I'll just jump back onto this team. No, he, he didn't do anything to help the Rangers this season when he definitely could have. So, yeah. I'm not feeling bringing Vitaly Kravtsov back to this team, at least not this season. Uh, we're going to go through a quick checklist of everything I'd like to see the New York Rangers do in these final seven regular season games before the playoffs start. We will get to that in just a second. But first, just want to let everybody know, today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, and so as promised, going to just go through a very informal kind of a checklist here. Just a couple of things I'd like to see out of the New York Rangers between now and the time that the playoffs start. I believe the Stanley Cup playoffs, the first game, will be contested on Monday, May 2nd. I'm almost positive, and this will be edited out of the episode if I'm wrong. So if you're still hearing this, yes, the playoffs begin on Monday, May 2nd. Um, but again, only seven games left for the Rangers. First of all, let me preface this entire list by just saying that I don't think you need to go reinventing the wheel if you're the Rangers because they've obviously played very well and they've had a great season and, you know, an excellent month of March and a solid start to April as well. They are 4-2-1 and one thus far in the month of April, uh, and they have won four out of their last five games. So they're, they're doing great coming off of a very convincing win in Philly and back in action at home against Detroit on Saturday, which is tomorrow at 12.30 p.m. So, again, just kind of a very informal list here that we're going to go through, and I'd like to start with goalie usage. Uh, obviously, you know, you want Igor Shesterkin to be at his best and ready to rock when the playoffs start. By that same token, I think you want to make sure you get Alex Georgiev a couple of games as well. And, you know, there's seven games left. I see no reason why Igor Shesterkin needs to start all seven of them. I doubt very much that he would, uh, especially when you consider that he has had a couple of injuries since coming into the league, and there just really isn't any need to do that. Now, if the Rangers were tied for the last spot in the playoffs and they were fighting tooth and nail, then yes, we might see Igor Shesterkin play all the remaining seven games. Uh, but that's obviously not the case, and so he 
won't. And I realize, listen, I'm not trying to downplay the importance of winning every game or downplay the importance of getting as good of a seed as you can possibly get for yourself in the Eastern Conference playoffs. Obviously, listen, the division is still very much in play. Uh, Rangers in second place right now to the Carolina Hurricanes. But I think what's more important is doing everything that you can do to make sure that Igor Shesterkin especially, and to a lesser extent, Alex Georgiev, are in position to succeed come playoff time. Now, in a perfect world, we don't even see Alex Georgiev in the playoffs. And that's nothing against him because he's played very well recently, won all of his last six starts. But uh, I think everybody at this point is pretty well aware of the fact that Igor Shesterkin is going to be the man uh, come playoff time for this New York Ranger team. But with that said, I think you can kind of take care of two birds with one stone here. Uh, giving Igor Shesterkin a little bit of rest down the stretch. He's another one of those guys that's never been through the full grind of an 82-game regular season, and I just mentioned his injury history a second ago, so I think it makes sense. You know, you don't want to baby him, but I just think it makes sense to give him uh, the occasional breather in this last handful of games here. And by that same token, as we've very well established, and as Alex Yuryev has himself very well established, Georgie tends to do a lot better when he's getting at least semi-regular playing time. Now, look, he's not going to be the starting goalie on this team. I think that's pretty well established at this point. But when he mixes in with at least some regularity, he tends to do quite a bit better. And I think that, you know, going into the playoffs, again, in a perfect world, we don't even see Georgie in the playoffs. But you never know what can happen. And you'd like to believe that if anything were to happen to Igor Shesterkin in the playoffs, that Georgie can hopefully step in there and at least give the Rangers a chance, you know. And... I think his best chance of being able to do just that is to play a decent amount of these regular season games that the Rangers have remained. There are seven games left. My idea for this is I think I would give Igor four of them, and I would give Georgie as many as three of them. And another option, you know, to kind of build off of that, the last game of the regular season is Friday the 29th at home against the Washington Capitals. I wouldn't say that the Rangers should, like, punt on that game, but if there's a situation where the Rangers are locked into their playoff spot, they can't move up or down, and they know which team they're going to be playing in the first round of the playoffs, I would at least float the idea of maybe having a situation where Igor Shesterkin plays the first period of that game, and then Alex Georgiev takes the last two, you know, something along those lines, because, again, you get both your goalies some work right before the playoffs start. Uh, Igor only playing one period. There's obviously uh, less chance of an injury. And again, I don't want to wrap the guy in, in bubble wrap or play scared or anything like that, but I think that could be a practical way to enter the playoffs. It does, it's a little bit different for both goalies because obviously, you know, goalies are not used to taking the ice with the idea that, okay, you're only going to play the first period. And, you know, from Georgie's perspective, he's not used, no goalie is used to the idea of coming in in the second period and playing the last two. So uh, just an idea uh, that I thought I would throw out there, but I think Igor should be back out there for Saturday against Detroit. Uh, maybe he plays again against the Jets. Maybe you go to Georgiev against the Islanders, uh, then Igor against the Bruins. And what's interesting is then the Rangers have a back-to-back -back against the Canes and the Canadians. And I would like to see, again, if you're kind of locked into your playoff spot, it might not be a bad idea to throw Georgie out there against the Canes. First of all, the last time he played that team, he had a whale of a game. I believe it was either a 42-save shutout or a 44-save shutout, but he was fantastic. And it gives the Canes one last look at Igor Shesterkin. And again, if the Rangers are in a spot where they can't really move up or down in the standings, or it's very unlikely that they're going to move up or down in the standings, and given the fact that that's a back-to-back -back on top of that, then I think it makes sense to put Georgiev out there against the Canes, put Igor out there against the Canadians, and like I said, maybe you split the game uh, between the two goalies in the regular season finale against the Capitals. Just an idea, but for the most part, I'd like to see both goalies uh, get a good amount of playing time down the stretch here. That's the long and short of it. 
One other thing is I'd like to see better success on the power play from the New York Rangers. I think eventually this unit will round back into form, but they are just two for 19 in the month of April. As we talked about in our last episode, they are playing a Detroit Red Wing team on Saturday that is third to last in the league on the penalty kill. So possibly a get right game for that unit there. It'd be nice to see the Rangers pot a couple of power play goals down the stretch. I'd also like to see maybe a rest day for certain players down the stretch here. And again, I don't want to baby these guys or, you know, again, wrap them in bubble wrap or anything like that. But you've got some guys who are, you know, young, haven't played the full 82-game regular season. Maybe there's guys that are a little bit banged up right now that we're not even aware of. Uh, Maybe a veteran who plays, you know, a hard-nosed style like Barclay Goodrow. Maybe he could use a day off toward the end of the season as well. Um, And and I'll trust Gerard Gallant and the coaching staff with that. I'm not going to sit here and say, okay, this guy needs to sit on this day and that guy needs to sit on that day. Uh, But I think that it would behoove the Rangers if the coaching staff is, you know, just very aware of who could maybe benefit from a day off toward the end of the regular season as this team gets ready to go uh, for the grind that is the Stanley Cup playoffs. And this one kind of coincides with what I just talked about a second ago, but I would like to see the guys who are typically healthy scratches get at least one more game down the stretch. Guys like Johnny Brodzinski, uh, Patrick Nemeth is kind of looking like the odd man out. I'd like to see him back out there for at least one more game. I know he's you know, listed as out with personal reasons right now, so not sure what's happening there. Hopefully everything is okay, but I'd like to see him get back into the lineup. I'd like to even see guys like Julian Gauthier, Greg McKaig get back into the lineup as well. Maybe even you throw Libor Hayek out there for a game. And the reason for this, uh, well, two reasons. First of all, we talked about the human side earlier when talking about Vitaly Krasov. All these players I've just mentioned, none of them are superstar players, and some of them even draw the ire from Ranger fans, you know, on social media or whatever it might be. But... Facts are facts. All of these guys have, in one way or another, contributed to the New York Rangers' success this season. Obviously, none of those guys I mentioned have contributed as much as, you know, Igor Shesterkin or Chris Kreider. But, you know, you play on an NHL hockey team, you're going to see the ice, and you have to chip in if your team is going to be successful. And all these guys have done that, at least to an extent, at different portions of the season. They've all had their moments, and so I'd like to see them, you know, get a chance to play at least one more game down the stretch here. But on top of that, uh, the more practical reason is that you never know what's going to happen in the Stanley Cup playoffs. You never know when somebody might be out with an illness, somebody might be out with an injury, and I would like to see these guys, again, all play at least one or two more games down the stretch here, and then that way, if they have to step into the middle of a playoff series— there's not a situation where, oh man, this guy hasn't played hockey. He hasn't played an NHL hockey game in like seven or eight weeks. You know, they, they would have played somewhat recently. So I think it would behoove the Rangers to give a game or two to all those players I just mentioned, or at least most of the players that I just mentioned. I would also like to see Alexi Lafreniere at least one or two games or a couple of shifts here and there start to mix back in with Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider on the top line. He was really starting to get it going there, and then they made the line changes, and his production just is not what it was when he was up there on the top line. Now, I realize doing this, you'd have to make some other moves too. Frank Vitrano would have to move down, and then if he's on the third line with Kako, they both only play right wing. Does one of them move to the left wing? So it does become a little bit more complicated, but be that as it may, I'd like to see Lafreniere at least get a little bit more of a chance on that top line again, see if he can't get him going before the playoffs start. And then this one's a little bit out there, but I'd like to see one more game, at least one more game that the Rangers play in with some legitimate edge to it, with some nastiness to it, maybe even get a fight or two. And listen, I'm not sitting here advocating for senseless violence and for these guys to be out there giving each other concussions and, you know, taking out each other's knees. Nothing like that. But I want to see the Rangers play in, you know, again, a really high-intensity playoff-like game between now and the start of the actual playoffs because that gets you ready to go for playoff-style hockey. And 
As I mentioned earlier in the episode, I think this Ranger team is a really tight-knit bunch. I think they've all really got their backs out there. But uh, you get into you know a nasty, tough game that, that, again, really has some physicality, really has some edge to it, then I think that that kind of just draws the team that much closer together. And that certainly uh, would not be a bad thing going into the playoffs either. Just kind of reestablish uh, the bond that these players have. And, man, we're, we're ready to go here. We are ready to go for some playoff hockey. Just get everybody all geared up, all jacked up for the Stanley Cup playoffs. I'm getting excited just talking about it right here. And I can't be the only one. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there really, really looking forward to some New York Ranger playoff hockey. Enjoy the fact that they've already clinched. You know, we don't have to sweat it out with a photo finish here. As I mentioned in the offseason, I thought it would be kind of a photo finish this season where it comes down to the last game or two games or three games before the Rangers clinch a playoff spot. I thought they would get in, but I thought it would be a lot closer than this. They've exceeded all expectations. They're going to the playoffs, and uh, that's a reason to be happy and very, very excited. If you're a New York Ranger fan, cannot wait to be talking about some Ranger playoff hockey with you guys. But that will pretty much do it for today. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. In our next episode, we're breaking down everything that happens between the Rangers and Red Wings on Saturday. Now make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Steel Rodine and Flip Livingston help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts.